The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Let's get to our guest. Carol Schleif is with us. She is the deputy CIO at BMO Family Office. She's on the line from Minneapolis. Always a pleasure, Carol. Thanks for making time for us. I'm looking at the chart, and normally when we do a radio program, charts are not really useful. It's a theater of the mind. I get that. Let me use the image of a helium balloon. So we've hit the ceiling right now. That balloon has hit the ceiling at the 200-day moving average for the last couple of days right now. So we've, we've met with a little bit of resistance, and I'm wondering whether you think that the equity market is overbought right now. I'm not sure it's necessarily overbought, but we do feel like we're range bound in here because there's a lot of, a lot of conflicting data, both from earnings, from economics, from a lot of other things going on. There's just we see little compelling evidence to argue for a breakout to the upside or the downside, and really do feel like we're range bound especially as we continue to go through and watch the data come in. Um, between now and when the Fed next meets in September. Yeah, even those Fed minutes seemed like a, a long exercise and cautious equivitation. <laughs> uh, do you expect to hear yeah, anything exactly. more concrete about the path of rate in- increases when we get to Jackson Hole next week? I, I think we, we possibly could. And we do tend to think that the markets are making light, if you will, of Fed speak because the Fed's been pretty unequivocal actually in in taking its hawkish tone from when it shifted in January and they were very vociferous about shifting from getting the economy back to full employment to saying inflation is is the watchword if you will and the fact that they've invoked Volcker many times would also give you an indication that they're not going to back away from from trying to get inflation back down towards their very long-term goal of 2%. And so for them to back down when inflation is still running at 8.5%, I think is is um, not too wise to focus on that, that too much. So we do think that you'll get some indication or some reiteration of that hawkish policy most likely. At so, Carol, do we dismiss the notion, uh, the possibility of a soft landing and just resign ourselves to recession? I mean, that's what the bond market is saying. Do we buy into that? I don't necessarily think so, because I think you've got enough strength coming out of the labor market. So I think it's really important to watch those unemployment claims and the fact that they came in right at that 250 level this week seems to be pretty positive. And we don't think that the Fed is necessarily going to back off unless they start seeing those claims rise. They're willing to take a little bit of pain, we suspect, in the housing market and in the rest of the economy, because we do have to slow things up. We have to pull it off the rapid boil and maybe move it to a simmer. But as long as the employment levels stay pretty healthy, we the Fed has a chance at sticking a soft landing in here. 
How long do you think it will be before we get to that inflation target of 2%? We went up pretty fast. Uh, how long does it take to come down? We did go up pretty fast, and I don't think the Fed will stay wedded to that. It has to be 2% before they stop raising, but they, they want to see some leveling in it. And the signs are, are positive in terms of if you can keep em employment pretty healthy. And you, you, are, you do have signs in, in that market that even the oil is off in the employment market because a number of employers are saying that they've frozen open requisitions. They're taking a little more time to hire. They're being cautious. Yeah. And certain industries are laying off. And Carol, I just want to get your thoughts on the uh, PWC survey that's just out. Just to summarize, it polled 700 U.S. executives. Half of the respondents say they're going to reduce headcount or are planning to, and half have also implemented hiring freezes. Are we seeing the peak of the jobs market? Is this as tight as it gets? Yeah, I definitely think there were some nuggets in that survey and some of the other things that you've seen where people are talking about removing hiring bonuses. And so, again, to use the analogy I did earlier, it's like, we're off the rapid boil and maybe down to a simmer in the economy. And it, and that's exactly what the Fed's hoping for is just to bring things, cool things down a bit so we can let that inflation level off and, and some of the price decreases work their way through the system. Although price decreases is the wrong word because a lot of this stuff is endemic. It's gonna to be tough to get it out of the system now that it's there. We're not gonna pull wages back. We're not gonna pull rents back for a while. So there's there's some level that's going to be really sticky, but it helps at the margin, not having that frenzy to, you know, that you had in the housing market, not having the frenzy quite as much that you had in, in the employment market. And that'll cause a little more caution among consumers as well, which you're already seeing in terms of the, when you parse through the earnings reports of some of the specific retailers, there, there was definite indication of consumer angst. Yeah, and maybe some mismanagement on the buy side for some of those retailers, right? I mean, maybe they didn't really anticipate the pivot uh, on the part of the American consumer. Supply chains seem to be relaxing a little bit. I mean, I don't think there's as much concern these days. This is anecdotal when it comes to the semiconductor story and crude oil has come down. So that should, in and of itself, provide a little bit of relief. Where are you right now, Carol, with uh, putting money to work in Asia, particularly China? We're actually focusing more domestically, if you will, because we do think that there is potential, especially when you look at what's going on with Taiwan and China and all of the angst in the, in the ocean around there and some of the supply chain issues going on. They've relaxed some and supplies are getting through, but there there's a tenuous nature to it, if you will, in that there's the potential for disrupt, continued disruption, but from a different angle, if you will. So we're continuing to focus on um, basically an overall neutral weight on equities with the focus on the United States. So just given a lot of the global issues going on, we, we're not non-weighted. We've got underweights to both emerging markets and developed markets outside the U.S., do, do I detect a sense of risk aversion as your preference for safety right now? Yeah, I, th I think our preference is for good diversification and some assets that are counter-correlated. We do have some real estate and commodities and portfolios. We're looking at things like structured notes and um, just a variety of other ways to be 
not super defensive, but we're in the business of protecting capital. We've got a lot of clients that have spent a lifetime building or many lifetimes building businesses. And we're in the business of making sure that that capital stays as, as secure as possible in pretty volatile times. Mm -hmm. um, we, we, we do have two holds there just because you don't know when enough of it's priced in, but we're just not sure that enough of it is priced in at this point. So you're in Minneapolis. You're not that far away from the farm belt. Tomorrow we're going to hear from Deer and Company, and I think there's an eagerness to see how well Deer, uh, which happens to be the biggest maker of agricultural machinery, is managing this environment of rising cost, uh, supply chain issues. Where are you with a company like Deer very quickly in about 30 seconds? Well, I can't comment on specific companies, but we're the home to to many of the largest retailers, food companies. We're hotbed up here for a lot of different things, but we think, you know, the the farm farm belt has has some issues, particularly from weather, but um, a lot of the retailers, the medical products, things things are doing pretty decently over mm -hmm. overall, but it is really company specific and it's hard to pick a whole entire industry. All right. Carol Schleif, Deputy CIO at BMO Family Office. Thanks so much for joining us on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.